Well, my brothers and sisters, this morning uh, I'm going to focus on our gospel, and uh, part of this will be me talking about what I know what I'm talking about. Part of it, though, will be me thinking out loud, too, okay? And because you're a smaller group, I like to experiment on you, okay? If you don't mind, you're like my guinea pigs before I do the Sunday homily, okay? So I, I really do want to preach about hell. I think it's very important, very, very important. When I was in seminary, I received uh, this little pamphlet, nice glossy pamphlet, and it's an examination of conscience for priests. Very, very good. I, I look at it almost all the time. And uh, I don't know if I live up to it all, all very well, but it's a very, very helpful examination. It was produced by one of the congregations, Congregation for the Clergy in the Vatican. And on there it says, Do I preach on the four last things? Okay? Do I preach on the four last things? And if I'm not preaching on the four last things, I'm not living up to my obligation as a priest. So the four last things are death, judgment, hell, and heaven. And uh, so I always think to myself, well, how, you know, I've given homilies when I was in Auburn, I gave a homily on hell. And actually, it was received pretty well by a number of people, but then a number of other people, it was like phone calls to the bishop, phone calls to my pastor. It was like, ah, this priest is horrible, get him out of here, you know. So it was, it was a really polarizing homily, and to me, I was like, I had this really gentle voice. You know, I was really, really I wasn't going like, rah, rah. <laughs> You know, and so I'm, I just think to myself, well, to me, for years, I just, I have these spiritual classics, you know, like St. Alphonsus Liguori, and, you know, I meditate upon them, and when I meditate upon the four last things, it's a very great incentive for me to live a holy life, and so I kind of just, oh, this is, this is really good, it's helpful, it's very, very helpful for my spiritual life, so I want to share that with my people, but it's, it's hard sometimes to translate my own personal spirituality to the people and to the whole uh, public office of preaching. And it's, a, it's something that I've been kind of struggling with over the years. So how do I preach about hell without, without you know, emptying out half the church? How do I do that? And I think just one thing is probably just reflecting upon it in a more rational kind of manner. Because what I was doing before was I was basically describing hell. That's all I was doing. And that in itself, it's it's what the spiritual classics do. And it is very effective for the individual to meditate on, and it's very motivating. Uh, but maybe I think in, in the kind of today's context where we just, in general, we don't like the idea of hell, um, it's probably better just to talk about it from a rational perspective. So that's what I'm going to try to do here. There's two, there's two elements to hell. Okay, there's two... Um, Punitive aspects, if you will. One, and the main thing, like the essence of hell, is what's called the pain of loss. Okay? And what that means is that the main thing that makes hell, hell, that makes it what it is, is the fact that you're separated from God. Okay? That's really like the essence of hell. Okay? And uh, that separation from God, we have a hard time really grasping that here on earth. But its full import will hit you if you end up in hell. I mean, it will, it will really hit you like a train. Because essentially what's, what, you're, what you're doing here is you are experiencing eternal frustration of your very being. You were created to love God, who is a supreme good. Okay, that's what you were made for. So if you finally, at the end of the day, 
in eternity fail to attain that end, it's utter, utter frustration to an extent, you know, like it's, think of it, a little analogy in life is you're trying to attain a goal and you don't get it. You know, it's like, oh, it's really bad. Well, <laughs> magnify that to the nth degree, okay? It's, it's frustration at the level of your very being, of your human nature. So it's a horrible, horrible thing, and we can't even conceive it. And that's the hitch. Because we can't just conceive the severity of the pain of loss. God, in his mercy, this is what people don't get, in his mercy, he's added a second punitive aspect to hell. And that is what's called the pain of suffering. Okay? Or the pain of sense. So you have two different pains here. The pain of loss and the pain of sense. God has added the pain of sense. And this is the, this is the thing that people get caught up on. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're even talking about this. My God would never do this. And what it is, is this, is that because with every mortal sin, we turn away from God, who is our supreme good, and then conversely turn to creatures, to a creaturely good, to a created good, okay, and we choose a created good instead of our supreme good, we choose a created good over against our supreme good, because we've created that, or we've chosen that created good, it's, first of all, fitting that we would be punished by creatures. Okay, so there's a created reality to hell that has to do with basically a bodily torment. It's bodily suffering. Okay, and in eternity, in the resurrection of the dead, we'll have our bodies. Now we see here Lazarus. Lazarus was all about the soft garments, you know, and he was a glutton and sensual, and he was really... I'm sorry, not Lazarus, the rich man. The rich man was a glutton. He was all about soft garments. He was fixated and focused. He like he lived his life at the level of creature comforts, creaturely comforts and pleasures, okay, at the expense of righteousness and goodness and holiness and God and mercy towards the poor, so forth and so on. That was his issue. And uh, so there he's suffering torment. But in this case here, we see his soul, all right, now, in eternity, it's going to be a bodily reality. How will be a bodily reality? Because we're going to be in our bodies in eternity because of the resurrection when Christ returns. And so at that bodily level, for people who are in hell, there'll be a torment at the level of the body. And that's often what you see in Scripture. Now, the person, you know who the person is that preaches about hell the most in the Bible? It's Jesus. Okay, by far. <laughs> Jesus probably mentions in the gospel, he probably mentions hell 25 times. And he gets graphic about it. You know? So, uh, the graphicness, so like the torment of the fires of hell and all that kind of stuff, what it's meant to do is it's meant to really wake us up because we don't conceive, we can't understand the severity of the pain of loss. We don't, we don't, we don't get it. So therefore, God in his mercy to wake us up, he's added the pain of sense to the punishment of hell. And it's really a mercy for us. So we like, oh my gosh, it's supposed to really strike you and be vivid. Um, when we are contemplating some pleasure or some sensual good and contemplating choosing that over the goodness of God, over 
the moral law and holiness and justice, so forth and so on. It's really helpful to have that threat of bodily torment placed before our mind's eye because it's like fighting fire with fire. So because we are prone to get caught up and snared and entangled at the level of pleasure, at the level of the senses, at the level of the body, God knows the remedy, and that is he basically gives us a threat at that level so that we, ooh, turn away. And then we begin to be like, okay, maybe I need to turn to my supreme good. So there's an educational aspect to it. And so often, I really do think why our churches, one of the many reasons why our churches are being emptied out is because hell is not preached anymore. People don't believe in it anymore. And the reality of it is that there's only a small percentage of the population that are going to choose God purely out of love, okay, without any consideration of fear. It is a higher motive, choosing to serve God out of love. But, hey, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with at least initially saying, well, I'm afraid of hell, and so I'm going to go serve God. Okay, And so there's a larger portion of human beings on this earth that just simply, that's their motivation for turning to God, for turning and repenting. And then, at least initially. And then they, you know, can then move on to the higher motive of love, of God as our supreme good. But without that initial step, you know what? They're never going to repent. So it's not really merciful to be always silent about hell and never talk about it. Because what you're doing is you're, you are withholding a remedy that applies to a huge portion of people on this earth. And so lots of people think, well, hey, what the heck? You know, whatever I do, I'm going to go to heaven. I mean, why go to church? I don't need to do anything. And they just, and they just begin to ignore religion. And you got a few people who are like, oh, I love God. I want to do everything to, for the love of God. <laughs> well, that's great. But it's a minority. It's a minority of people who have, who operate at that higher level of, uh, of motivational, you know, attitudes. So my brothers and sisters, this Lent, let's just remember that hell is real. And it exists. And people go there. That's the other error. That's very widespread. It's people will say, Oh yeah, I believe that there's a hell, but you know, no one goes there. Okay. Yeah, not likely. <laughs> so people do go there, alright? People will go there and people are there. So it's a like if no one went to hell, everybody would say to themselves, well, well you know, it's not a risk. It's not something I gotta worry about. And so it why God created it would uh, it would lose its purpose. It would lose its purpose. So at the end of the day, my brothers and sisters, God knowing that we are bodily created animals, okay, you know, it's like little kids. This whole thing's like parents have used corporal punishment with their children from time immemorial. And today we've got this thing of like, you know, I mean, they're outlawing spanking in some places, you know, real smart, right? Some kids, not all kids, but some kids, they need a spanking and that's how they learn. So you spank them, and then little by little, they begin to get the bigger picture of what's right and what's wrong. But see, at first, they don't, they're not gonna, they need that kind of educational pain to get them in the right direction. And that's essentially why God, you know, created that, that element of the pain of sense to hell, so that it would be uh, a lesson, an object lesson, and get us pointed and moving in the right direction, saying, you know what? The loss of your supreme good is, is the worst thing ever. 
But because you don't get that, well, let's begin with this. Okay. So my brothers and sisters, again, closing this this homily up here. Um, you know, with this with this let let's remember that hell is real. It's real. People go there. Uh, and let's pray that we don't go there. Let's use it as a motive for ourselves, always remembering, of course, that the love of God is a higher motive, uh, but, but praying in general for people, uh, because this is, this is important. It's a time of repentance, uh, this Lent, and it's the time to be talking and thinking about these things.